0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run.
1: Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life.
2: Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back
1: to Ireland. It's 55 days to the London Marathon, and what is on my mind? Well, what might I forget? If you're training for a marathon in the coming year, and you're getting tips and advice from people you know who've done it before, they might be forgetting the things that they forgot. Because these aren't often a source of pride for people. The little things that you don't remember, that you have left at the end on a long finger, that might change your day or your experience of the marathon. Well, who better to give us advice on those things than the greatest of all time. The Queen of Irish Athletics, Sonia Sullivan, is here with me. Sonia, thanks so much for joining us on the line again from Melbourne. How are things there?
0: Good. It's um, Good to be in Melbourne again. I was down the coast for the weekend, which was really nice. It's always nice to get down there and get away from the city and um, out into the, the wilds of the clifftops and beside the sea. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit wild down there this week, uh, but nice, nice for running.
1: Yeah, you look like you had some beautiful runs. I was comparing your runs to my own. It's getting a bit cold here. We're getting that <laughs> m- into that March blast of uh, polar air. Uh, yours look very hot. Is it super hot there at the moment? It's actually not
0: too bad at the moment. It was hot. There was a track meet here on Thursday night and it was pretty hot going into that. There was a hot wind and it was up around 30 degrees at seven o'clock at night for the meet. It was like when I used to run here at the Melbourne track meets in the 90s. Um, It was kind of brought back to life. They had brought down Fred Curley, the best 100 metre runner in the world at the moment. And he got a big crowd in the door, along with all the um, Australian athletes um, who yeah, put on a really good show. It was great. It
1: looked amazing. Um, It looked so atmospheric. Do you feel a resurgence in the sport that there's. There's a bit more buzz around it, or is it just that now that I'm taking an interest, I recognize that people are interested in this thing?
0: I think there there definitely is a bit of a buzz about the place. And I think a lot of kind of people who were involved in athletics down through the years are realizing that, you know, to get it back to the kind of glory days of old that everybody has to help out and everybody has to turn up and put in. And so it was really good to see so many kind of familiar faces there last weekend. And sometimes you need a reason to do that. So like the big thing with this meet was it was a, the first time a memorial meet for um, a, a, a very large figure in Australian athletics and world athletics, Murray Plant. He was an agent um, who would have been involved with bringing a lot of athletes to Australia, particularly in the lead up to the Sydney Olympics. And then helping them out a lot in Europe, the Australian athletes. And he worked a lot with the BBC and getting athletes to come and do interviews after races. So he was a very popular figure. And he died three years ago and he was quite young, I think, like just in his late 60s. Um, and it was very unexpected. So this was kind of, I suppose, the the purpose or the reason to get this meet really regenerated and get people Involved, and um, I suppose when you have some kind of a purpose like that, it does bring people together. Yeah. And then by doing that, people kind of appreciate what they once had, and that you know we can have it again. Um, so it, it's really it was really good, and I think there was a lot of really good races. Um, the with the women's fifteen hundred meters, particularly, it was a very competitive race. There was a pacemaker in, but not too fast, and so it meant that. It really came down to a, a very tactical affair at the end. And, um, you know, when when a race is like that, it, it really kind of draws the crowd in and mm. builds excitement in the stadium. So there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of energy. And yeah, I think everybody went away feeling like this was really great. I, I hope we can do it again.
1: Yeah. And these guys, the, the Mo, is it Maury Plant? Uh, there are these people all over Ireland and the world who are. You know, so instrumental in making this sport and all these sports important and significant and move forward. So it is nice to see the man honoured after he's gone. And certainly, I'm sure that Rashida Adelecki and Andrew Koskaran could point to a Mori plant in their lives that is the reason why they're running the fastest 1500 metres ever World Indoor Tour final, of course, in Birmingham on Saturday, where Andrew Koskaran. Lit it up, finished third running three minutes, Uh, 33.49 across the line behind the winner, Neil Gordy of Great Britain and Adel Mechel of Spain. Did you get to see that performance? Really something else?
0: I did. I I watched it back. I didn't see it live, um, but I did get to watch it. And it was it was a great race. Again, another very competitive race. And, you know, with the, the home crowd having a a home winner in um, Neil Gourley, you know, that really got people up on their feet. But it was super to see, you know, three Irish athletes running Andrew Cosgrove and Luke McCann and Nick Griggs, you know, all in the top 10 and all running their best times ever.
1: He took your friend Marcus O'Sullivan's record, (laughs) which he set back in 1988 uh, w- will he be sore over that or will he just be delighted that somebody's running that fast
0: <laughs> uh, i i think marcus will be relieved you know that finally someone has actually you know matched and beaten his records because mm. you know these records when they're around for such a long time and uh, people are running so many fast times you know the the days are numbered for sure and you're just waiting for it to happen and it just you know highlights the progression of athletics and you know that Ireland and Irish athletics athletes are are keeping up with that. Mm. And um, you know, so you athletes, they've been knocking on the door of these records for such a long time. But I think when you have a group of athletes who push each other and compete with each other, and I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, Andrew doesn't want to get beat by Luke and Luke is trying his best to, you know, overcome Andrew, in these races, that they definitely push each other on. So, you know, you're in these races and you're not running around blind. You are aware of your countrymen yeah. running alongside you. And, you know, that's, you know, as much as you want to get the best placing that you can or be as competitive as you can on the European stage, the world stage. The first step in that is to be the best in your own country.
1: Rashida Adelecki had another huge performance over the weekend. And speaking of not being able to see your countrymen, I mean, she's all the way out there in America by herself running for Texas. Uh, It must be really hard as well. Equally, Sonia is like there's there's so much of the creature comforts of home that she's missing out there. How much did that impact you when you were running at Villanova, where you know, you're you're trying your best to, but you're still in this foreign land. You're in this place where nothing is really familiar.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when things are going well, then you're not as bothered by stuff like that. I think, you know, when things are not going so well, then you definitely crave the comforts of home and you kind of highlight all the things that you're missing more than anything. But I think when things are going well, like they are for Rashida and you know, I'd say at the minute now she's quite happy down there in in Texas. would be mm. relatively warm compared to Dublin, yeah. and uh, <laughs> she she wouldn't be missing that too much out there on the cold tracks. In uh, I think Tala is her where she would normally train.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, know, she's been absolutely amazing. I mean, she said, you know, she's really been specifically training for the four hundred meters just for six months or so, and you know, to be so close to breaking fifteen seconds indoors is amazing but what's amazing is she broke the ncaa collegiate record 50.33 as well as the irish record and the ncaa championships are coming up in a couple of weeks time in albuquerque new mexico but a couple of hours after she ran 50.33 another girl in florida the university of florida talita diggs she came and broke the american record in 50.15. So it's going to be a hell of a race. Wow. At the NCAA championships. I mean, it's, you know, and it's so it's it makes it even more interesting, I think, when you have the head to head competition there.
1: I have been in touch with her. We do want to have her on the show. It will happen. But in the meantime, She's obviously head down, getting things done. Same with Israel Olatunde. He said he's going to do the show at some point. We will get all these people for you. I am working my butt off to try and line up the best 10 Irishman abroad guests to celebrate our 10th birthday this year. On Sunday, we welcomed Steve Coogan to the podcast. Yes, aha, Alan Partridge was on the show on Sunday. You can go back over there and listen to the whole thing on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad.
2: Hello, you're
1: listening to the Irish Man Abroad podcast with me, Charles Regan. This is episode
2: one. I am extremely excited about it. The move to England. Seems to have worked out for the best, as Jarlath's chat show podcast, an Irishman abroad, has a million listeners every week. It's always up in the top one, two, or three of the most popular podcasts in a given week. An Irishman Abroad has earned rave reviews for fancy newspapers like The Guardian, the Irish
1: Times. I listened to a lovely interview this week by Jareth Regan on the Excellence and Irishman Abroad podcast. He has just returned from a trip to the Edinburgh Fringe where he recorded the 100th episode of his hugely
0: popular broadcast series, An Irish Man Abroad. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm a big fan and it's going from strength to
1: strength.
0: The experience in Europe
1: was beautiful. Jar with Regan. He did a great job. I met him in Edinburgh. The one, the one I like is the Irishman Abroad one. and mainly because... His interview style is so brilliantly ramshackle. At the start, it really annoyed me. It has to. It really annoyed me at the very start.
2: When they sweat the technique. You think, you think it's, it's ramshackle? Yeah. No, I think Charlotte actually really is ahead of the game. Actually, when he's interviewing. It's me. an
1: honour, to Love your podcast. So <laughs> well, thanks Thanks a lot. Somebody yeah. tell me about your podcast a few years ago, and I obviously travel a lot. The Irishman abroad definitely take the box, and I've downloaded a lot of your podcasts. And most of all, it's a time for honesty, lads. Honest Ken, early there. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> honest Ken, you showed the way in the very first broadcast
2: I heard in 2017. This is from an Irishman abroad.
1: I think you had half of the <laughs>
0: previous uh, Irish rugby team, honest. Getting, uh, for God's sake, will you, will you, will you do me a favour? Will you get him <laughs> off my back? Will you just talk to him? <laughs>
1: We're deep, deep, deep in the training plan for the marathon. I spent Sunday with a gang of great listeners out in the Phoenix Park running 26 kilometers with two threshold kilometers thrown in at 13 and 25. These are numbers, Sonia, that I never thought I would run. Let's be honest, I'm not sure you ever thought I would run at a pace of 5.15. I kind of can't get my brain around what's happening and I think that some part of me is uh, concerned about these so-called phantom injuries. If we're going to talk about one thing that people aren't really aware of in terms of marathon training, can I ask you about this phenomenon of the phantom injury? What is it? Have you had it? And how do you <laughs> cope with it?
0: Yeah, well, you're probably, um, you're probably not going to ex- what experience the phantom Injury until the week before the marathon, and <laughs> then <laughs> everything is going to come out. <laughs> okay. Like you've, uh, you actually have been there before when you've kind of eased off or backed off a little bit. And, um, you know, you get these aches and pains that you kind of think, hang on, where are all these coming from now? But it is a very common thing for athletes to have random aches and pains and just things that seem really serious. Like as you're, tapering for particularly a big race like a marathon. Mm. I don't know what it is, but it does happen and you just have to be ready for it. Is there there any studies on
1: it? Have you read anything about it? It seems like something uh, that I can't find any literature on.
0: I actually did read a little paragraph about this last week and it was because another athlete, a coach actually had mentioned to me that one of her athletes, every time she goes to race, she has these like random things you know, kind of stopper. Yeah, yeah. they crop up and then it kind of throws a spanner in the works when all the training's been going well. And then I was reading the book we were talking about last week, this Mark Coogan book Mm -hmm. about running your personal best. And there's kind of all these little tidbits and comments and different things in there. And I'll send you the picture because I took a picture of this from my friend. And um, it does mention this, that these weird things crop up. And, you know, it's like as if it's the end of the world and you get so stressed and worried about them, but then you just have to believe that, you know, they're nothing. And, you know, when I line up on the day of the race, it'll all be fine. That these are things are just kind of, they're like in your imagination. It's like a nervy thing that just kind of bothers you, you know. That's
1: so strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's like, I guess the closest thing a lot of people will have to a big day like a marathon is is a wedding where it's so, it's so huge. It feels bigger than you and it feels like all the eyes are on you. And I guess all sorts of stuff creeps into your head leading up to a day like that. Is it important to have, like when you were training for big events, you did have certain people that you would go for walks with or light runs with where you would just chat it all out.
0: Yeah, I think that's the big thing is to be able to distract yourself. And I think, you know, when you're coming up to a big race and it doesn't matter if it's a mile or a marathon, everybody still does less leading into a big race. And so you have more time in your hands and you're trying to relax a bit more than possible. So the busyness kind of goes out of your day and out of your life. And all of a sudden, you've got all these hours to fill. Mm. So you just start to overthink things. And so I think, in a way, you kind of have to keep busy. So you have to find things to keep yourself busy without overextending yourself when you're trying to take it easy. So in a way, you still try to lead a normal life as best you can and not try to compromise things. And you don't have to wrap yourself in cotton wool. You can go for a walk around, but you can walk (laughs) to the coffee shop and... You know you don't have to have people bringing stuff to you <laughs> it's the running that you need to taper not your normal life your normal life you can keep that going and the more that you can do that then i think the the better you will be and the less stressed that you will be because you won't have time to think about these things that are you know a bit yeah in your imagination and just crop up because i guess your mind is looking for things as well and the, Things pop up and Mm -hmm. I mean we do all have these aches and pains that if you were to, I suppose, listen to them all, you wouldn't be able to do anything. I mean, I get up in the morning, I can hardly walk down the stairs. Really? (laughs) Well, it's really bad. But then as soon as I do a few kind of exercises and stretches and I try and do a few calf raises, it's actually not too bad. Then I go out for a run and I think Damn! how do I do that and I don't know is it a mind over matter thing or is this like it's just what happens when you're in bed and everything relaxes and then you got to wake up in the morning you've got to like get everything back engaged again and you know there's some areas that are just weak that need to be strengthened every day or stretched out every day or released every day to allow you to feel good and be able to get out and get that run done
1: well, I want to give a quick shout out to John McManus, Jan O'Hirnan, Cahill Brennan, Kieran O'Sullivan, Stephen Daly, Robert Fox and Deirdre Balfe, who are just some of the people that joined me in Phoenix Park. I was, of course, out there the day before for a session with our coach, Vinnie Mulvey of VinnieMulveyFitness.com. Talk to Joe Jar. on 1850 715 815. Yeah, pulling away in their cars now. It's a bit of a beast of a session now, Vinny. You wanted to leave them knowing they'd done something right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you had people questioning themselves <laughs> today, and a few people, uh, you know, got going into their uh, deep into their souls in that session. I think.
1: I mean, it was one mile to start with, then two eight hundreds, then three four hundreds, and then four two hundreds.
2: Yeah, so a kind of a pyramid, but the opposite way. If you yeah. get me, so so you're doing one, yeah, one. Uh, two three and four of each you know right. so yeah um,
1: well, like I, I i loved it and it's funny the way we talked last week about getting comfortable being uncomfortable and quietening the inner voice to quit but it is funny the way a session like that is actually rehearsal over and over again for different ways in which your body's gonna say i've enough of this
2: yeah well the, the thing about it is like that session i got you all to run the mile as hard as you could like we could have just started off like a regular session and done easy okay mile kind of comfortable and then you know two eights comfortable but i told you all i Rich didn't head. i did well for a start i didn't tell you what was coming so yeah. i drip feeded you the session so <laughs> if i had told you what was coming you wouldn't have pushed as hard on that mile True so enough.
1: yeah because you kind of sold it to us as do your mile then the rest gonna be easy
2: well I didn't say that, I, I <laughs> yeah, said I said, I said, said, run the mile as hard as you can and don't worry about what's after it, that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I said, that's what I said. Oh well
1: look I could tell Like talk to a few people afterwards, they're all super grateful that they all definitely feel so much fitter at the end of it, that must be incredibly satisfying for you.
2: Yeah I love it, I love seeing whether it's someone who runs a five hour marathon or a three hour marathon, I just love seeing improvement and I love seeing positivity. I could see a bit of negativity creeping in a little bit in the really? session with people, you yeah. know, you can see the thought process on people's faces, <laughs> you know, but I have to keep snapping you out of that and <laughs> yeah. saying, come on, like, you know, keep like get your mind right. And, yeah. um, but it is tough, you know, but but then the second you finish, you just see everyone's face and yeah. they're buzzing. Like you know? the
1: last 200 that people ran, I couldn't believe the speeds they were getting out of it. Probably yeah. because they could just see the finish line inside, but also the fitness coming through. Well,
2: but that 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 is like that you know that thing of in a marathon you could get to 18 miles 22 miles and you're absolutely on your ear but then you get to half a mile to go and you see the finish line and a suddenly you, you you start kicking like and yeah. you're you're like I didn't know I had this in me you know that, that that's the mental side of things you know thank you so much Finney yeah good to talk to you yeah, you're welcome week. all right good man.
1: you to do a session as tough as that before my longest run ever. I didn't sleep great on either night. And it made me wonder, and I wanted to ask you this in the realm of things that get forgotten. Is sleep the thing that we tend to not devote time to in the preparation with 55 days to go to a marathon? Because surely as you ramp up the training, you're ramping up thought towards your nutrition, thought towards your recovery, but sleep doesn't seem to get a mention in there. Surely that needs more thought.
0: It does need more thought. and Sometimes you just assume by running more and being more tired that you'll sleep better, but that doesn't always happen. Mm. So what, what was your session again on Saturday?
1: One mile as hard as you can. <laughs> he says right. to us were all. Were in the park? We, we were in the park. And he says to us all, all right. run run this mile as hard as you can and don't worry about the rest of the session was the phrase so that he How did used. you know
0: how far a mile was?
1: Oh, he's got it measured out. Finney's okay. meticulous. He has <laughs> yes, it all. He knows what <laughs> he's doing. So we knew we had two laps of this. Uh, this big triangle thing that he has us run around, and uh, we run it as hard as we can, with the knowledge that we are not to worry about the rest of the session. You <laughs> then followed that with two eight hundreds hundredths, four, uh, three. I know 400s. you always lose yeah. track of the numbers of I these do. things. Cause I
0: you, do. you put you set me off in the wrong path there one day as well. <laughs> oh, did I? Well, yeah, yeah. I think you wrote in your session and I thought, oh, I'll do that. And then it was,
1: <laughs> it was, all yeah, wrong. It was
0: definitely a bit, bit different than what you <laughs> actually did. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was two 800s, three 400s and then four 200s. But they're all they're all at
0: mm-hmm.
1: near max effort, not total max effort.
0: So how long does how fast was your mile?
1: Um how would I even find that? You know, I d- I have this as oh a big my announcement. Oh Did he
0: not give? Did he not shout out the time when you crossed? Oh the line? yeah, he
1: did. He did. What did I do it in? Um, Six <laughs> ten. <6-10. laughs> Sixteen. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty happy. That's very good. I mm-hmm. have to announce though that, Sonia, you're not going to believe this. Tina got me a Garmin for our anniversary. No <laughs> way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Go, what are we going to do now when oh we can my God. trust the figures? Are you converted
0: over yet or not? Are you in the I'm transition?
1: scared of the yoke, to be honest with you. I wore two watches on the long run yesterday. I was so scared that it wouldn't record it. Oh,
0: my God. It. I used to wear two watches. I used to wear my Garmin and my Fitbit because there was a time there and I was into counting steps for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and so i didn't want to miss out on the steps that i was doing on my run so i used to have one watch on each hand yeah,
1: no it doesn't make any sense to do it but it's it, it just when you're scared of losing the the stuff i i guess i'm just trying to ease it into the to be in my running watch so
0: to, which watch did you use on your long run on sunday
1: um i used the apple and then the backup of the garmin uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because you so the garmin
0: is not connected to your Stravia. It,
1: not yet it, it, it is ready to go but I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a go this week I will be in Bushy Park on a Saturday to do the park run if anybody wants to oh, join right. me oh, wow there um but this this thing of Uh, devoting thought to sleep if we could go back to that. When you say you do need to give more thought to it because I slept very badly after that session partially because I thought to myself what am I how am I going to do this long run after that kind of an effort? And then after the long run I slept terribly. What do we need to do in terms of devoting time and effort to improving sleep in the lead up 55 days out from a marathon?
0: Well I I think you probably need to work out some kind of a sleep routine and a pattern out. And I know it's difficult because you have like your schedule varies a lot. Yes. But if there is kind of a, an hour before you go to bed that you can kind of, okay, put away the phone, the iPad, the laptop, all the screens, and then have whatever drink you have before you go to bed, Um, your whole kind of routine of what you do on your way to bed and then maybe even find them. I think what's really important is to find a good book. I think I, I sleep best if I have a book that I'm really looking forward to reading the book before I go to bed and you get to read a chapter of it at least before mm. you sleep. Yeah. And I think that's when I sleep the best is when you're able to bring yourself into that relaxation phase. And so you're not just going to bed because it's, eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock, but you're going to bed because you need to get the rest and you need to get the sleep. Yeah. And I'm very much I don't like to go to bed too early. I have it's like I have an aversion to going to bed early. <laughs> I don't know what. Like anything before ten is way too early. But you wonder like how do you change that or yeah. can you change that? Well, I, think I was this listening... The book
1: is a great shout. The book is a great shout. The book is great. This... And I
0: think if if it's a good one then you look forward to it. And so, and it also has, a good book isn't always a stimulating, so a running book is probably not great because there's too many facts and details and things in there that you need to remember. Mm. So, I don't know, maybe we need someone to recommend a nice book for us to read.
1: I'll try that this week and I'll let you guys know how I get on. I'll remove all the screens from the upstairs of the house and see does it improve things. Probably a bit of overthinking, as we know, is a problem for me. And, you know, when I've got as many plates spinning as I do and as many of you do, it is it is important to separate yourself from those thoughts as you head to bed. There's so many more tips to come in this episode around the areas of marathon training that we tend to forget Sonia is going to go around the parishes and see what you guys have been running. We had some stellar performances up and down Ireland, the UK and across the world that we'll need to talk about. Please do and get in touch with the show, at gmail.com is the way to email us and... Ask Sonia anything. Ask any question you like and we'll try and include it in the mailbag. We haven't done a mailbag episode in a, in a few months, Sonia. We'll have to have to get going on that. Get your questions in. podcast at gmail.com Come over to Patreon, though, and hear the second half of my discussion on this great topic and gain access to all of our episodes from the last 10 years.
0: One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past... That comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. The champion
2: of the world. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's gonna make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.